got a few words for some of our brothers and sisters in the occupied zone. The chair is against the wall. The chair is against the wall. John has a long mustache. John has a long mustache. It's 12 o'clock, Americans, another day closer to victory. And for all of you out there on or behind the lines, this is your song. And welcome, everybody, to our Daily Gun Show. Come to you live every weeknight at midnight Eastern. For about an hour, we talk about guns. We've got some different people joining us tonight. We've got Angelina joining from California. Thanks for jumping in. Hello. Well, all the way to the other side of the country. And got John Z jumping in from New York. How you doing, gun channelers? Thanks for the invite. Glad to be here. And we go to the middle of the country. We've got Gun Snob jumping in from Oklahoma. Hello, thanks for the invite. Uh, Pancake just jumped in from Pennsylvania. Driving, probably? Yep, 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 that's me. And that's where I'm at. And I'll go kitty corner down here to Arizona, and uh, we'll get going. So it is Tuesday. We're talking about Second Amendment on Tuesday. They were talking about New York, so that's why we have John in here. Thanks for joining for that. And uh, let's see, I'll open up the notes over here. We're going to be talking about... Um, we have your DGS story, so if you want to throw in some stories about the Daily Gun Show in there, feel free, and we'll relate them to the group. Uh, we're running this live on YouTube like we do, then we'll uh, simulcast it over at gunchannels.com where we're watching the comments coming in. And, I don't know, besides that, anything going on that we want to talk about before we dig into the show? Uh, not Nothing for me. All right, well, we'll dig in. So, uh, Second Amendment Day, um, talking about uh, New York. So, it's getting pretty good in New York, getting better? No. The left is still moving left. Um, they still support the wackadoos who have lost their minds over the last two years. And um, people keep voting them in to support those that are higher than them. So you have people in New York trying to get out to this very day because they they see that uh, the blue is just getting a heavier blue. So, yeah, it's, there's no return. Right on. So what's it like in New York? We've talked about it before on uh, our Second Amendment Tuesdays, uh, having somebody just kind of read off of Wikipedia, but uh, it's pretty much of a hassle. It's difficult, if not impossible, to get licensed, I guess, to own a firearm in the city. Yeah, they they do everything that a common sense person reading the Bill of Rights and the Declaration of Independence would say, these are infringements upon your rights to have these or do these things. And they so they make it almost impossible for anybody to afford to protect themselves and their families and those around them. And it's getting more expensive. So can you only imagine really literally the rich only? will have access to those uh, freedoms, which obviously they take for granted, but the regular average Joe and has no, uh, really has no chance of getting into it. And of, and of course, you know, the people who retire from law enforcement are pretty much the only ones getting even the right to carry after they retire. So, yeah, it's a, uh, it's one big infringement right up, well, you know where it goes. And this, the, is specifically, uh, this is specifically in New York City or New York State entirely? New York City, and unfortunately, New York City controls a lot of what happens in New York State. Because that's the big money maker. So when you see people like the nut job, Diane Feinstein... Speaking. Oh, I know that nut job. The governor will be there clapping his hands, and so will the mayor of New York City. They all run in the same circles, and, well, you know how it goes. 
you have your your wackadoos in California running their government, and we have ours here. And uh, thank God for those small areas outside of New York City that they they got a set of kahunas on them, and they're willing to stand up against. But there's only so much they can do when the when the zombies who vote for them just keep going along because they're selling them a bill of a bill of sale, which they think means something and it doesn't. I mean, it's so essentially New York city is like Chicago. Yeah. With like the, how it's like the, just the city has a super strict gun control, whereas the state might have something. I mean, I won't say like amazingly better, but a little better. Yeah, it's de- it's definitely better when you get out of New York City, but they still have their um, downfalls. But you have people out, you have people in upstate New York and Long Island who continue to fight the good fight. Um, but you have to go through the process, and you know how we we all know how corrupt the process can be at times. Right. I mean, government bureaucracy is. Uh... It's dirty. It's a dirty game. It's a dirty, 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 dirty. Yeah, that and that's why people, when you go, when people go vote, they either have the right conscious mind to go vote for the right reasons, or they just go in line, in succession with the the rest of everybody else. You know, like the birds, the uh, the pigeons, or whatever. They all fly in the same direction. That's the zombies. They fly in the right same direction I, they call that birds of a feather right birds of a yeah. feather flock together yeah all right I, so just for uh i guess for those who are unsure um just a real simple rundown what can you possess you know you john z common citizen in new york city well, I can possess anything. The problem is they make it impossible to go through the process to be able to afford it. And after you've paid out um, almost $1,000 worth of your cash and time to have no guarantee because it's a May issue. Right. And there's no guarantee you'll have it, and it could take up to 12 months. You wasted the 12 months of your life. Uh, 12 months going back and forth, talking to investigators, filling out paperwork. Um, There's just a lot of back and forth and and a lot of money out of your pocket to for someone who actually does want it. They can't afford it. I mean, you're 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 backing yourself up on your other bills to get it. And that's not fair. Basically, what he's saying is they're taxing a, a constitutional right. Right. I got a question that Angelina kind of made me think of. She said it's kind of like Chicago. So I hear Chicago doesn't have hardly any gun stores or gun ranges. What is that like in New York? Is there any gun stores or gun ranges public? There, there are two in New York City. Wow. Yeah. That is and not New very York many. City, New York, don't forget that for those people who are not, don't think about it every day, obviously, there are five boroughs in New York City. That's five major metropolitan areas. That's a lot of people. And a lot of infringements from the government. And from those on the nutjob left <laughs> side of, uh, of politics who, who are okay being zombies and not allowing people to enjoy their freedoms that they do just for the fact of their existence. Yeah, I live in a town of 2,000 people, and we have two gun stores, so. <laughs> I'll trade you. So if there's how many people in New York? Eight million? Was it, uh... Anyway, how can there be it's, that many? It's a lot. How can there be that huh? many there and only have two gun shops and not have more people demanding? Well, those gun shops are not open to the public, per se, so... So they're, they're only open to those who have the, the New York firearms owner card, right? Or they're security guards and they have to go somewhere. But most of the people go up to the Bronx, so you can't even go in Queens or Manhattan to the two 
that are in Queens and Manhattan, they have to go up to the Bronx, and there's one there, and then you have to leave New York uh, to go to uh, Long Island. Even further, um, I guess some people would go to Long Island. Some people go a little further upstate, so you're not even in the five boroughs. Because I, I heard Long Island is a little less restrictive. Yeah. Not by much, but... No, no, it's 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 definitely less restrictive, like upstate. Um, but un, unfortunately, you still have a lot of left-leaning... <sighs> I'll use the word loosely, people, and moving yeah, to those areas. Yeah, don't know well. whether they're demons or lizard people or anything. Well, whatever the case is, they still are all of the same mind and they um they're okay having what they have but they're okay giving up things that they don't feel they need but they don't think other people need it because they don't so all right well so we're talking about it a little bit but um be interesting to see what kind of we never really talked about what kind of pro-gun organizations might be centered in the city, um, what kind of efforts there might be to change what's there. So uh, we can look at that next time around. Are you aware of anything like that that you can bring up right now? Oh, um, the, there's one close to me. Um, I mean, if you're talking about statewide or citywide, you have the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association. So that's one. There is another one called um, uh, Scope New York. Uh, they are also statewide, dedicate uh, organization dedicated to preserving the Second Amendment. Um, and there is a. Uh, there is a Jewish organization for people who are pro-gun. So there, there, there are quite a few. I mean, you don't really see or hear anything about the NRA in New, in New York. Um, they've had a few, whatever, upstate, but NRA was no show. Uh, GOA was at one of them, I believe. Um, and uh, as far as I'm aware, those are the only ones, but I'm pretty sure there are quite a few others uh, on Long Island and uh, upstate that are only in those areas. Right on, eight and a half million people in the city. I suspect there's something going on there. So maybe we'll dig into that one day. Guys, figure out see what kind of positive stuff's happening there. Give them some more. There, there's positive stuff, but they they're up against the a big conglomerate of cash, and we all know where those are coming from. Yeah, I don't care. No, just because there's gonna be fighting doesn't mean you give up and walk away. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. They're in a different ways. Right on. All right, so now we'll move along into one of the other topics. Wait, this Tuesday, the twenty-first, right? So we're going to move along. Uh, so every day we try to feature one of the members over on Gun Channels. Gun Channels is a community. We built it five years ago. It's all about uh, a bunch of people that hang out and keep a conversation about guns going. And today we're uh, featuring Standing on Second. So we've got a pretty good mix here of people that are new and uh, been around for a while. Anybody remember Standing on Second we're talking about here? Yeah, I do. I remember. I haven't seen much of them no, I, don't, I don't recall that name at all, so that must have been, what, before three years when I got on Gun Channels. Um, standing is Buell, so uh, I don't remember what his Gun Channels name. I think it was Standing on Second, though. Standing on Second. Anyway, he's Yoki. There you go. So he's member number 1875. He joined back in 2015 and uh, works for Fioki up in Vegas. And he's pretty active in the communities. Posts quite a bit on Instagram. At least he posts on Instagram. I don't know if he makes videos, but he's uh, in touch with, he networks with most of the content creators um, from maybe a year or two ago. I don't know what he's doing now. And uh, got an ammo to him. It's cool. And 
basically facilitated a bunch of cool efforts out there, projects and things. So uh, he does videos on YouTube as well. Videos of his own still. Yeah, apparently he's the uh, uh, course. Uh, he hadn't posted a new one in two months, but he but does do them. So if you haven't uh, heard about him, um, DTPS and he still posts on IG. Uh, check him out, Standing on Second. That's what it's all about. That's why we feature members so that you can uh, dig in and see what they're uh, posting out there. Like, say, he's in the industry and aware of the social media influence, uh, I guess, like Clover likes to say. And uh, it's always cool to have somebody in the industry who is aware of it and is interested in what people are doing out there. And like I say, he helps... Uh, people out and keeps projects uh, moving so I do wish he would hang out more one of these days we'll get some help over on gun channels and we'll uh, do some outreach and get some of those members back and see what's see what's up with them all right so I guess we'll dig into the next topic which is nothing so come up with a topic and while we're doing that, I'll move this over to here, and we can screen share that screen. Oops, I'm trying to move my secrets out of the way. And we'll go over to uh, Gun Shop of the Day. So every day we try to feature a gun shop. It's one of the reasons we do the podcast on a daily basis. Oops, I guess I have to screen share. Um, so we're doing this visually. So if you listen to this in the future, go back and watch the show over on GunStreamer or GunTube.org or over on Gun Channels. And uh, you can see what we're talking about here. But this is a gun shop in uh, Tennessee called Carter Shooting Supply. And we visited this one back in 2012. We were in Chattanooga uh, visiting Artisan Tony, and he took us around to a couple of places. Uh, so we've got the link to them on uh, our gun shop guide uh, where we have some information about them. But we've also got their website up here. And their website's okay. It's got a virtual tour, though, which is kind of cool. That takes you over to Google Maps, and you can take a look from the outside what the place looks like uh, in a virtual 360. So we went shooting, actually. So Tony lives over here. This Chattanooga is this way, if I remember right. Shops here, and then we kept going around this bend just a little ways, and there's uh, his range that he goes to out there. So this is a gun shop right in front of his range, on the way to his range, and we can jump inside kind of saw what that building looked like or whatever. So this is the back end where you would be uh, getting ready or signing up to go into the shooting range. So if you go out this door, uh, you go to their shooting range. I wonder if I can go through that door. I'll look at that. Can I? Did they have coffee there? Oh, they had a bunch of stuff there, yeah. So this is their range. It's out back. And uh, it's kind of cool. It's kind of no safety rate. No range officers, but they got cameras, so they're watching what people are doing out there. And come back in. Stop between, and then back in. So, yeah, there's this whole, like, snack area here. They do classes there, so I suppose this is pretty handy. Uh, if you're doing any kind of competitions or whatever, you got some area to hang out here. Um, I suspect, because the shop's the way it is, I'm just running out with them. Got this whole area back here. I suspect people could just come in and eat, hang out. And it's sort of where gun channels comes from, from gun shops that had this kind of stuff going on. And, you know, you were basically, uh, you know, you meet a couple of people and you were kind of restricted to who would show up at a shop and what times they could show up. So imagine trying to do this stuff without the Internet. But this is the things about that. You know, one of the reasons we do our show, the format that we do it, is so that when you're in this kind of situation, you're hanging out at a gun shop and just shoot the breeze. Got something to talk about that isn't programmed by uh, some agenda-based people. So if we walk up and down the shop, you can see it's sort of laid out in a long way. Uh, the shelves aren't so high that they can keep an eye on everybody in the store, but they don't have to crowd you. There's only you know, a nice long uh, section there for the employees. I think it's laid out pretty well. I actually bought a sword here when we were here. I had a uh, sword hanging up over here. Nice. Yeah. Big little uh, shop and super friendly and like I say it's neat neat location too being on the road between uh, town and the, the range there's a big lake or river or something out here too so I imagine people probably going out there doing their thing stock up on, on supplies or just I'm over is that a helicopter where 
Eat turning right there. Oh, no, it's a boat. Never mind. You just spun past it so fast, I thought it looked like a helicopter landed there. I was like, really? They have a landing zone? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no problem with these wires. You just have to be a good helicopter pilot. Uh, That's actually a really good-looking shop. Yeah, it was a pretty fun shop, and uh, we hung out there for a bit. Tony's good friends with them, so kind of chatted with them and stuff and told them about the tour and that. Huh. All right, so that was that. We'll... Uh, Come back over to the schedule. Let's see, we got some gun history today. If Pancake is in here, he wanted to talk about um, history of hot dogs. Oh, I don't know. I guess he's not in here. I muted you before, you know, because you were echoing really bad when you were talking. So you are muted. Oh, I'm sorry. Can you give? Um, I had to stop to get gas. Can you give me like five minutes, and I'll. I'll jump back in. Sure, no problem. So, Hot dogs are a sandwich. If you didn't hear, we, he needs five minutes because he has gas. So we'll keep we'll give him too many hot dogs. So, all right. So uh, let's see. Two A Tuesday. What else we got? What other kind of topics we want to talk about today? Ghost is out there. Well, let's talk about Ghost over there. So Ghost had a show earlier today. It's Tactical Tuesday. Um, he had tactical walls on, so there's a lot of teams going on. So, um, anybody see that show? Yes, I did. Good I show. Most of it. I did not get a chance to catch it because I was busy preparing for the show right after that. Hit or miss, two's nice and block. Oh, really? Because he did so much show prep that he couldn't even watch his hour long show. I had to eat dinner, yes. Oh, okay. Show prep is eating dinner. Right on. So he had the guy, from one of the two guys from Tactical Walls, which is interesting. I've never listened to him talk about it or whatever. Um, anyway, they do furniture with uh, access to firearm storage that's not, you know, that's sort of uh, hidden. Not kind of plain sight, sort of speak. Yeah. Oh, no. It's actually one. pretty cool. I've never, I haven't seen a lot of those products, and uh, it was like really, really cool. Got one issue with one thing that they talked about, and I don't know how to bring it up, so I'll bring it up off air as one of our secrets that we have off air, and then I'll see what the group thinks about bringing it up, and then maybe I'll bring it up, or maybe I won't ever bring it up. They do make some pretty cool stuff, though. Plus, they have actual tactical walls that you can just hang your guns on, not just furniture to hide them in. I've seen that. And another thing that I really love about them is their the inside, you can actually fix it up the way you want. It's a uh, modular. Oh, yeah. All right, so uh, that was really cool. Thanks, Ghost, for doing that. I don't forget who it was, but somebody had uh, mentioned or commented on the YouTube side of Ghost Chat um, that he's getting better at those interviews, and he really is. It's neat. To, you know, he's been doing it for more than a year now. It's Absolutely. Just because he's not, I'm sure he didn't go to school for doing interviews or nothing. He's just, uh, you know, getting more comfortable and familiar with doing it and getting his style and all that. So I really like the flavor he's got. All right. So um, it's funny that that's what you put in there. Why <laughs> saying Guns of August should be the member of the day? So give us any kind of reason for talking about what you're saying. Uh, did get rid of your gas? Take some, uh, yeah, yeah, took some Imodium. Okay, uh, three, three package, two Pepto Bismol, drank a glass of milk, and uh, yeah, I think I'm solid now. And put down that hot dog sandwich. That, yeah, that was it. That's what did it. That's what did it. So basically, we have a couple of things today, or is it just a couple of things or one thing for our anniversary? On guncalendars.com. That echo. I think it's John. John, you need to start. Me? Yeah. So yesterday was the anniversary of Ruby Ridge. I guess that was a couple of days. It's a 10 day thing, so it's technically. There we go. Technically, still the uh, anniversary. So that was one of the talk about pancake. I just thought it was super interesting. Yeah. I mean, I've, I, I've looked into it before and. Um, it just, I didn't realize it was the anniversary of it. So when you did your video today, I kind of, you know, went back and started reading some stuff up on it again. It was a, 
a real mess, man. Um, it was before Waco and kind of the same, sort of the same thing, you know. Um, something very small turned into something uh, huge and very unfortunate. Which Ruby Ridge led to Waco, which also led to the Oklahoma City bombing, too. Yeah, the, the same guy that was in charge of the ATF at Ruby Ridge was also at Waco. Um, and it did prompt a whole lot of change, that's for sure. But, um, yeah, it was just a, it was an interesting topic, I thought, to talk about. And I know I really think G's opinion on it would probably be really interesting, you know. So I just thought it would be fun to bring it up. Uh, I would think most people kind of know of it. Um, I don't know if everybody out there knows exactly what it is or not, um, or what the, you know, what it was. I don't know if you want to, gee, if you want to give it a rundown or what you want to do. Well, I'm no expert or nothing. I'm just, I'm just aware of what's around. So um, he's on the phone, so it's easier for us to mute him, I think. Um, no, you can get him black at Home Depot. So anyway, uh, the Ruby Ridge was just a situation where the ATF, I guess, went up to some guy and tried to get him to cut a shotgun. I don't remember the total details of it anymore, but they're available. You can get uh, descriptions of it from the tinfoil hat side. You can get descriptions of it from the government never does anything wrong side. And then you can get the transcripts from the various testimonies and stuff. Um, yeah, it was uh, pancake John. Um, anyway, so it was a situation where I think they thought he was a racist or something. He may have been, I don't know, but I, I don't know. So, um, they went after him and it, I think they asked him, they kept asking him to chop down a shotgun. He, ch he finally chopped it down. They went, ah, that was too short. So they raided his home and because of the protocol, I guess is what they'll say. The ATF will say because of the protocol, when you're taking down a suspected gun trafficker, you know, you've got to do X, Y, Z, and that means, you know, you don't want uh, agents to die anyway. So the results were, you know, casualties that were horrible. And what you get left with is the mess of a government agency, Jack Booten, and a bunch of people that don't appreciate that, that, you know, if it was a, for a, it was, if it was a necessary or a dangerous or a, you know, real bad, dangerous part of, you know, society or something but this was something they went out and picked at something until they found a reason to go after them and then did it in an abusive and infringing way i don't know if it's infringing it's a bad word um but uh jack boot way that's that's what i know that's 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 awesome. man. yeah what's kind of funny too is something that it, it sort of ties into something that's kind of happening now too with the red flag laws um the the whole uh his name's randy weaver the whole reason randy weaver was kind of on anybody's um radar it seems like and wikipedia actually does a pretty good job of it now you take wikipedia for what it's worth i'm sure um and i've, I've watched some documentaries on it because it's pretty interesting um he had a land dispute with a neighbor and the neighbor lost and the neighbor owed him three grand plus lawyer fees uh and that neighbor um seems to be seemed to have been you know, pretty upset. And he actually uh, accused Weaver of threatening him and, you know, saying all sorts of stuff. I don't know. And so that's hearsay as far as, you know, Weaver denied it. Um, but that's what brought the cops to Weaver's, the feds to Weaver's place. They realized he had a cache of weapons and they got super interested in that. And then, yeah, he ended up selling a sawed off shotgun to one of the agents and that sort of lit the fuse. Um, they, uh, they set a court date, uh, there was a mistake and he didn't, they realized that he didn't show up. There was a mistake in the date. So they issued a, a bench warrant. Now the bench warrant, the judge even said, well, I'm going to issue this bench warrant, but I'm not going to send anybody out to, uh, take him or whatever, arrest him because there was an incident with the date. Let's, let's wait and see what happens. Maybe he'll show up for the next date, and he didn't. So the bench warrant stood, and that's when agents uh, went out. He said he wasn't going to come in, I guess. 
him and his wife and his family had moved up to Idaho to pretty much live off the grid. They, they lived without power. They just wanted to be left alone um, for the most part. He did have some ties to um, nationalist groups or supremacist groups, but that's even a little bit shady, I guess. It depends. Like you said, it depends on who you talk to or where you read. It's kind of like, yeah. oh, you're in a, you belong to the shooting range? Well, there's Nazis that belong to that shooting range. Right. Yeah. He was friends with people that had ties. So, I mean, I don't know. I can't really speculate on that so much. But um, it all sort of came to a head. The, the ATF got really super funky about it, and they sent agents up there um, because they were armed. And things got, you know, started getting worse and worse. Um, they had aid, they had surveillance on them all the time. Um, they eventually gave orders. They, they, they eventually enacted a state of emergency, which allowed the National Guard to get involved. And, like, helicopters and armored personnel carriers. And, like, it was like a, a serious event um, sort of unfolded. So, uh, eventually... Uh, now, this is one of the things, too, that is kind of back and forth. It depends on which side you talk to, whether you talk to the Weaver side, quote-unquote, or the ATF side. Uh, at one point, their family dog took off into the woods, um, and they were living off the land, and they said they believed that the dog saw uh, a deer or something that, you know, he would want to, them to hunt. So they followed the dog. Um, the ATF side says that they heard them or they heard an ATF uh, or a, a vehicle start and that's why they went off into the woods. It, I don't know. But um, they ended up running into these three ATF agents in the woods that were armed and a gunfight ensued. Um, uh, one of Randy Weaver's friends was killed and his son was killed. His son was 14. Um, so they say that the dog came out of the woods, saw the ATF agents, and that they shot the dog, and then the son shot the agents. You know, one side says that, one side says the agents, uh, you know, the son shot first. It, it's, you know, I don't know that they'll, that'll ever be settled. That probably will never be known, but that that's really like set a, it off. That's like a split hair result right. still that an agent shot a 14 In the back. He shot the kid in the back, too. That's right. On his own so property, he, after shooting his dog for a half right. minute of the gun barrel that the guy never even wanted. Yep. Right. Yep. So that led to them, uh, the ATF really, they brought in snipers. They said uh, any, they eventually said that any man that was armed was a, was a viable target, and they were allowed to shoot on sight. Um, they had a sniper that took a shot at one of the friends. Um, missed, took a second shot, shot the friend through the hand or something when he was entering the house, and it went through that guy and killed Weaver's wife while he was holding his 10-month-old daughter in the doorway. So this sniper took a shot, hit the target, but the target was in front of his, he happened to be in front of Weaver's wife, and she was killed. Um, so Weaver's injured, the wife's killed, the son's killed, one FBI agent's dead in the woods so far. And then, you know, uh, I think another eight days or six days was, was the standoff. Um, they were, they didn't, they say they didn't know they killed the wife. And I kind of believe it because they were on uh, like bullhorns or whatever, like loudspeakers talking to the wife and saying like, oh, why don't you guys give up? It'll be okay. Um, don't you want to see your kids grow up? Don't you want to just go and have pancakes for breakfast with your kids? And they were, she was dead. Like, she was in the house dead. So the, the daughter, go ahead. I was just going to say how like, he was doing his energy you would suspect it. Yeah. So I, I've seen an interview with the daughter, and the daughter, um, that's, that's one of the things that she mentioned. She said, you know, we're, they were trying to convince my mother to give up and have pancakes with her children. And, you know, and we're sitting beside, you know, her, she's dead, you know, there's nobody that, you know, so it's pretty rough. Uh, eventually a, uh, some guy that was running for office who was sympathetic to them actually kind of, I guess, sort of half took it upon himself to come up and talk to them. And eventually they gave up. 
Um, Weaver was never charged, and his friend was never charged, I don't believe, with any kind of murder um, because of the agent. Um, so there's a lot of weirdness, too, that goes on where they're like, well, okay, there was not enough to charge these guys with murder, so what really happened? You know what I mean? Um, so that's kind of the lowdown of it. It's a, it's a crazy thing. And, you know, it kind of it kind of sparked my interest when you brought it up today with all the red flag stuff where it all started for the most part with some neighbor saying, well, this guy's a nut. This guy's crazy. This guy threatened me and sent the cops up there, you know, and, and he said, I want nothing to do with anything. You're not, you know, I, I did nothing wrong and it escalated from there. So it's kind of, kind of relevant, man, <laughs> you know? Yep. I think it's important to talk about these things, not just to pick at a wound or to just pick at a wound or poke at a sensitive spot, but to remember the bad stuff as well as the good. So we don't want to be blinded. Government isn't always perfect. It's not always evil, but I don't believe that this was necessarily a bunch of people that said, let's go kill innocents today, but there's a procedure, there's a bureaucracy, there's a set of rules or whatever that don't always work with real life and they are organically. So uh, there's need to take responsibility for actions and that works with government agencies too, right? So being aware of this stuff is important. People will tell us why I own any kind of uh, firearm. There's no tyranny of government. What can you do? Well, you know, if you can keep them at the edge of your property so that they don't kill your wife, that's one thing you can do with an AR-15. But uh, hopefully, we all fully be aware of these things. One other thing, too, uh, in the chat there, somebody, I don't know who it was, I just poked over the chat. They said that he, uh, Weaver was a, uh, a ranger. In uh, one of the things that I read, um, they said that the FBI, I believe it was the FBI, or, or people in town that they talked to about him, like interviewed, said that he was a Green Beret, which he wasn't. Um, but that actually got the FBI to sort of ramp up their actions against him because they thought he was trained military or whatever. So there was things that made, you know, the FBI or the ATF or whatever you want to say, um, sort of begin to ramp up um, that they really didn't need to. You know what I mean? Like it, it was a, it was a damn misdemeanor. It was a misdemeanor firearms charge. And this guy didn't show up, and he, you know, and it turned into this. You know what I mean? So, it's well, really it's not a misdemeanor. The federal felony alter a firearm. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, but that's the problem. So, half an inch of the barrel can turn into a bunch of bad stuff. It doesn't happen every day. It's happened just a couple of times in the history of the country. But that's why we remember these things and uh, talk about them. All right, so none of us are experts. There's lots of documentaries and research that's been done. And like I say, there's uh, insight from both ends and from the middle. I, I think it's interesting enough to take a look at it. Like you say, there's levels to it. And there's always ways to draw conclusions from it all. Uh, like you say, there's things change, and we're seeing some of the same stuff today with some of these laws. And these could be the results of it if we don't forget them. Well, and, you know, even the federal government admitted in this and in Waco a year later that they've made huge mistakes in both of them, even, you know. All right. So with that, we can other history, I suppose. Where are we at with time? We're doing okay with time. Um, anybody seen this robot dog movie yet? Axel? I have not. Pretty good. I have not either. Worth watching. It's like a big transformer dog, size of a lion, that gets away from the military, and guy on a motorcycle finds him and turns into his admin, and then they run around playing, and I didn't see all of it, but it's pretty good. On 1800, the U.S. Marine Corps Band gave its first concert in Washington, D.C.,
Today, in 1888, American inventor William Seward Burroughs patents the adding machine. Interesting. 1959, Hawaii becomes the 50th state. Did you say that? No, nope. it's Hawaii's birthday today. Hawaii's birthday. Interesting. In 1957, the Soviet Union successfully conducts a long-range test flight of the first intercontinental ballistic missile. Good old Cold War. In 1987, Dirty Dancing opens. What? 1837? How about this one? In 1945, President Truman ended the Lend-Lease program that had shipped some $50 billion in aid to America's allies during World War II, which included firearms. Oh, yeah. And hopefully we're going to get some of that back. Right? Hopefully. $50 billion in 1945. That was probably a lot of guns. That was, that was not, not only a lot of guns. That was tanks. That was jeeps. That was literally anything pertaining to military. You know, vehicles, but guns were a big part of that. So I saw that and I'm like, why isn't anybody mentioning this? Putting corn chips or whatever, at least mute if you're gonna. Oh, sorry. <laughs> After five years, the Russians jammed twice of America in 1968. Soviet forces attacked Slovakia also in 1968. In 1984, Clint Eastwood was given a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Ooh. 1883, the trial of Frank James begins in Missouri. Also in 1883, an F-5 tornado strikes Rochester, Minnesota, leading to the creation of the Mayo Clinic. Um, this one that I was uh, well, not neat, but interesting. 1968, James Anderson Jr. posthumously. The word for posthumously. Posthumously, thank you. Receives the first Medal of Honor to be awarded to an African American U.S. Marine. 1968. Awesome. Uh, 1989, the U.S. space probe Voyager 2 fired its thrusters to bring it closer to Neptune's mysterious moon called Triton. In 1911, the Mona Lisa was stolen. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. In 1846, the U.S. annexed New Mexico. What year? 1846. In 2003, my oldest daughter was born. Oh, man. That's overshadowed. Wait, that overshadows that also in 2003 caught Chemical Ali, number five on the list of most wanted Iraqis. In 1902, in Hartford, on 1902, in Hartford, Connecticut, U.S. President Theodore Roosevelt became the first president of the United States to ride in an automobile. Did you talk about, 1902. Did you talk about what happened in 1814? Okay, guess not. Uh, in 1814, Marines defended Washington, D.C. at uh, Blandensburg, Maryland, against the British, or 1812. Right now, so that's a bunch of stuff in history. There were 12 Medal of Honors awarded today. Uh, we try to dig into this uh, cool military site and talk about some things from history. So if you happen to be going to a gun shop or hanging out at a range or something, you got something to talk about. Uh, anything happening tomorrow? Look at the calendar. Yeah. All right. So uh, do we want to do anything else tonight?
channel side, YouTube site's rocking. Anybody know if there's going to be a live show after this one tonight? Is Potatoes out there? Or the horse? They were, I think, had something planned. I don't know. Dead Horse was live. I was on his right before we came in here. I think he was staying live. Potatoes was in there. Well, okay, yeah, it looks like Potatoes already has one up and running. So uh, if you're interested in keeping a conversation going, head over to Gun Channels. Uh, Potatoes and Lead does his Tater Tube uh, live chat in the evening. Going to be doing that for a while after this show. He'll usually leave that running so it'll go until Tony wakes up in Illinois and jumps in in the morning. Uh, tomorrow is Wednesday, so we're looking forward to Rick's Life as I See It. He does his Shooting with the Disabled show on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. That's followed by uh, Clover, who does his Next Generation, the Youth Shooting Sports show. Always got a shotgunner on. Uh, Matt will do his Guns and Politics show tomorrow at 9 p.m. Eastern. And then we come on at midnight to do this one again. So uh, thanks, everybody, for watching and listening. I've been uh, working on some stuff to get on the road, right? So got the van pretty much good to go. Now I just need to put gas in the tank, right? So I've got a bunch of swag uh, and stuff uh, from the tour from last year. I've got some uh, patches and stuff uh, that have accumulated. So I'm going to be putting a bunch of stuff over on the 24-7 Gun Show. We'll be putting some stuff up on eBay. So anybody that's interested in grabbing some stuff and helping to get us back on the road so that we can take this show on the road, as well as our other projects, uh, for that. And we always appreciate the people that help keep us going. Uh, anybody have anything to plug before we head out tonight? Your projects? I just want to say congratulations to the Gunstop for each 100. The Gunstop. Thank you very much. Over on YouTube? Yes. Right on. Thanks to Midnight. Yeah, helped out. Nice going, Pancake Boy. Yeah, I'm glad to help. That's a good channel, man. Check it out. Uh, if you haven't done so already, check out GunTube.org. What's happening on GunTube? I noticed that Streamer and YouTube are combining resources over there. Getting a little bit of info as it's seeping out from I, that. I, I, I'm sweating a little. I'm sweating bullets. Quite literally. I heard the rumor earlier that Night Strike was combining with YouTube, but I I don't know. It's unconfirmed. No, 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 no. That'd be going in the opposite direction of freedom. I'm going towards freedom, not away. So. How's the Patreon doing for GunTube? Eh, could be better, but, you know, we, we make do with what we have. Well, if you want to throw a link out there, I don't know if you can find range and yeah, people, if you're listening to this in the future, check out guntube.org. And that's Night Strikes, Night Strikes Project. Uh, a, uh, here we go. With a, uh, a gun hosting platform by him. By a bunch of uh, uh, industry you know, sponsored, you know, whatever you want to call like a uh, big budget behind it. So if you want to be part of a project like that, uh, you can do it with uh, Patreon and got a couple of different levels over there so people can help participate and allow you to grow that project. Did you decide if you were going to do a GoFundMe at Night Strike? I, I just had a discussion with some of the individuals that were on Hit or Miss this evening and I am going to do a GoFundMe. I'm, I think I'm just going to use the GoFundMe platform and not an Indiegogo or Kickstarter. I knew you were talking about on your show, so I didn't know if you decided for sure whether you're yeah. going to do it or not. Yeah, I am. I'm going to set it up. I may need some help, so if anybody wants to help me set that up, let me know. Just uh, email me or get a hold of me on gun trains. So why go fund me instead of one of the others? Uh, they actually take less out. Okay. So, <laughs> I guess. That, that's that's really the only reason because I've used it before. It actually does work. It's just the, the, it's easy, a little easier to set up than it would be on a GoFundMe or uh, Kickstarter or a Indiegogo. Yeah, it's definitely a large platform, but uh, I just to me it seems like the audience is more uh, towards efforts. And it might work for yours though. You're you're not so much a product as an effort. 
but like a project with a goal. Right. Right on. Well, good luck with that, and we'll stay tuned. So if you uh, get it going, of course, we'll be watching the links, and we'll be spreading them for you. Uh, need to see a, a project like yours uh, develop and prosper. All right, thanks everybody for joining us live. Uh, looks like we got a quote over here to end it. Whoever wants to read it. Angelina, you want to uh, do anything? You got any specials or happening? I'll shop? read the quote. Make it working from you? Working from a girl. Or she's gone. I'm going to read it. Uh, unless. Well, she wants to do it. She wants to do it. Uh, no, I'll, uh, I'll let Night Strike be on for it. All right. You guys ready for it? We're still waiting. Okay. Americans have the right and advantage of being armed unlike the people of other countries, whose leaders are afraid to trust them with arms. James Madison. The guys and gals of gunwebsites.com encourage you to take a CCW class every year, practice at least once a month, and carry every day. Thanks for watching gunwebsites.com.